Hey guys, I'm Alex. I'm Philip. And I'm Gavin. We're Drive Drive, and you're listening to Jam XP. What's up, everyone? Jess here from Jam XP. On this week's episode, Chris and I went to Nashville. Well, we didn't actually go to Nashville, but we had a fantastic time chatting with the guys of Drive Drive who are from there. We discussed how the band came to be, all about the music they've been releasing, stories from the road, and so much more. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview with Drive Drive. Hello. Hello. Hey. Well, what's up, guys? Not much. We have a snowstorm coming tomorrow, so. Oh, yeah. It's like raining pretty heavily right now, so I'm kind of scared that it's going to. I guess it's not cold enough, though, for snow. No, I think it's a low of 44 today. Oh, thank God. I don't want any snow right now. Um, we got waiting for that drop. We got hit up here in Syracuse over the weekend. We got a foot of snow uh, Saturday into Sunday. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to get six to 11 here. So, yay. Hmm. <laughs> Did you guys get snow on Christmas? No. no. Oh, man. What is happening? Green right? Christmas. It was a Green greenish brown Christmas. Christmas, but I was okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. we had like the it was like the least or the second least snowiest december in wisconsin oh my god which is crazy in Wis- history <laughs> i've had wisconsin cheese curds they're pretty bomb yes they are i mean we are well known for our cheese <laughs> yeah big fan big fan so yeah thanks for coming on the pod we're always excited to have bands that we've honestly never heard of before and then finding out about them and being like, hey, you want to come talk? <laughs> <laughs> we like being everyone's hidden little hidden little gem. <laughs> you are a hidden little gem for sure. That or guilty pleasure. So <laughs> I, I could see that. I could see some some macho guy or something weightlifting <laughs> to your music at, at the gym or something. And that's his guilty pleasure. That's what Gavin, <laughs> Gavin has deemed us uh, sad music you can work out to. Ah. Which is like, it's not that sad, but I can get it. I'll uh, give it a try tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, try it out. <laughs> I think one of my favorite uh, playlists that we're on that's, that does really well for Love to Hate You is um, songs for white people to get lit to or something <laughs> Yeah, and it's, wow. a, it's a picture. I don't know if you know what the picture is, but um, it's a picture. It's such an obscure reference of uh, a girl, a white girl in um, the music video for Friday by Rebecca Black. Oh, gosh. Uh, there we go. The Internet has spoken. I'm going to have to look up this playlist just so I can see it. <laughs> is it on Spotify? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah, of course it is. I feel like most people listen on Spotify nowadays. Yeah, I think the playlists are just they've they've just done such a good job at the interface and like even though, you know, all musicians are like you know, like torn between them, but I like I love Apple, but I think Apple Music is they haven't really like done a good job at trying to like bring indie artists in. So Right. But they pay more, but other than that, I mean, like, you're still going to get more followers from Spotify. Not, For so. sure. For sure. Spotify definitely advertises better, too. So, And you pop up on random playlists. Exactly. Yep. 
We love checking on those. Philip's the the king of our Spotify for artists. Uh, yeah. Uh, analytics there. Oh yeah, every every single day, I annoy myself in the morning and how can we? What are we? Where are we at? How can we do better? All that fun business stuff that the backbone of any any great band, I will say. Yeah, yeah. It's crunching the numbers. <laughs> Number cruncher. All right. Well, let's get this started then. Cool. The normal question that everyone always asks is, you know, please introduce yourselves and the role you play in the band so that everyone listening knows who you are and what you play or do. Um, well, I'll start. Uh, my name's Alex and I sing and play guitar. And yeah. I love that's it. <laughs> Next. I'm Philip, uh, and I am the drummer slash background vocals. Um, I'm Gavin. I play synth and guitar and also background vocals. And I was also going to throw in that we all like songwrite together. Like it's pretty equal as far as like songwriting and producing and stuff goes. So. Nice. So we couldn't find a ton of information about the band online. Like you guys started in 2018, right? Correct. And you're from Nashville. We already kind of talked about that. Uh, could you please share us, with us and listeners your origin story? <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a laugh. It, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so I'd moved to Nashville. I'd been here for a little over a year. And I tried to do like a solo project and I kind of ended up hating it um, just because I always grew up playing in bands and I just love the dynamic and like the camaraderie that comes with it. And I just think um, creating something with with others is always just better. And so I started like teaching myself kind of fiddling around with my MacBook Pro and Logic, just recording these terrible demos. But like I really like the songs and uh, kind of the synth pop. Uh, direction it was going and so I kind of put my feelers out on this Facebook page called um, Young Entertainment Professionals and it it's actually pretty popular in Nashville like I don't, we don't use it anymore because it's just a lot of like you know newer people that are just trying to get connected and I mean we've been here for like eight years nine years so <laughs> but at the time I kind of put my feelers out and was just like you know I, I wanted uh I kind of just wanted a little three piece, maybe a four piece, but uh, wanted a drummer. And uh, at the time I was just looking for a bassist and keyboard player. Um, but uh, lo and behold, um, Gavin up and he was like, yo, I don't play bass, but I play guitar and play synth. And I was like, all right, that, that works. But, um, and uh, I already had a drummer at the time that I was thinking about using but philip uh was pretty adamant and um i don't you know since you guys don't know philip when he's like when he's got his heart set on something he's he's pretty gung-ho about it so he was like let's just meet for coffee i know you said you're not looking for um i think i was looking for something else in a drummer so i'm, I'm like you were still looking for a bassist bassist okay yeah that's right <laughs> Uh, but we met up for coffee and he was just super passionate. Like I played some of the the demos for him and he was really into it. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up, you know, sticking with Philip. So he 
And uh, I, so I had a very awkward conversation with the other, <laughs> the other drummer, but he's doing great now. He's he's a great drummer. He's yeah, it's not my... like he's, you know, on the corner somewhere playing for pennies. <laughs> he's very successful. He's an amazing person. Uh, Rob, he's with the Foxies. Um, <clears throat> amazing guy. Uh, yeah. But sidebar on that story, <clears throat> the there's like it's almost a two parter because Alex, <laughs> like and Gavin, were going to do their own thing. And then Alex essentially ghosted Gavin. Love bringing that up uh, to do his own solo thing. And then if I could interject my own little piece here, because when Alex had he had put in on the Facebook page, "Hey, I'm looking for a bassist. Here's a list of music I like." I like. That's when I was like, I was looking for other bands to join, other gigs to kind of go to, um, and. Uh, I loved everything he said. And I was like, you know what? Let me put myself out there. I'm approaching um, like the end of my college career. Um, and what what's out there musically for me? I've been wanted to kind of get get into a few more bands. Uh, and then, like he said, we met up, listened to the demos. I was and I was thinking, wow, this is some incredible music. I have to be a part of this in some way. Um, and then we had a few of those coffee conversations. Um, and that's how I was able to interject myself as the drummer of drive drive <laughs> nice or also uh throw in real quick um we all got coffee at this place called ugly mugs um in nashville but um so basically alex was like hey uh, like everyone that's going to be in the band we're all going to meet at ugly mugs you know come at this time um but i didn't know i hadn't met philip yet um and so I remember like walking up to Ugly Mugs and um, <laughs> and Philip and I are sort of both um, timid people, I would say. And so <laughs> Philip just kind of like moseying, uh, like kicking rocks outside of Ugly Mugs. And then I go up and I'm like, oh, Alex is in here because Alex is always late to everything. And um, so then I start kicking rocks and I like kind of turned to Philip and I was like, what's up man and he's like what's up and then alex showed up and he's like oh you guys have met <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't yeah. even know you met and you, and it happened yeah we bonded, bonded over our love for the office so that was like our like our because it was like I, I it was hard to get them to like talk to each other because you know what he's timid so i was like trying to you know look break. a three a three-person blind date is uh a little bit interesting to get going with. Love that yep. mug, by the way. <laughs> uh, I will say, when when we met Gavin, he was very much uh, still in his in his shell, if you will. So he's he's blossomed a lot since then. <laughs> well, that's good. Getting yeah. you out of your shell, being in the band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, how would you describe your music to someone who's never heard it before? And what two songs would you tell them to listen to first? uh hotel lobby so like i mean it's one of our newer ones that we put out but um that's one of my favorites so we've yeah so those are my two um yeah i would say um probably my two would be either um probably love to hate you just because it's you know everyone seems to really like that song and i do too it's a great song and um I think my personal like favorite is um, probably nice to know you now. Cause it was also like one of those songs we, we were looking at maybe putting a collection of songs together and, and our producer was like, you guys don't have an opener. 
Like you don't have like the opening track. And so Alex came up with that like opening rift on the bass and then it turned into the song that it is, but it was kind of like sort of thrown together and I think ended up being one of our like funnest, like coolest songs that we have so far. So. Yeah, for me, love to hate you. Like, like Alex said, kind of up, always going to be up there. And then uh, I'm always the annoying person that loves all of our music. Uh, every year, Spotify wrapped drive, drive top number. Um, and I am unashamed. No shame in that. Uh, but if it's love to hate you and maybe going back to no good, just um, that's one of the also one of the first few songs from demos that I've heard. I heard back then uh, and that one always just that's typically the, the one of the last songs we play on our live sets uh, and never fails to just keep the energy going. Yeah, you guys have like about 13 releases, singles and stuff. That sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. Seems so seems so tiny, right? <laughs> <laughs> You guys yeah. got to get another EP out there or full length. Yeah. I mean, we're like, we're always pretty strategic with like what songs we always want to put out, which is kind of the opposite of what a lot of pretty basically what everyone tells every artist now is like, doesn't matter what it is or how long it is, or if it's like just an MP3, just put it out there. And uh, it's really hard for me to do that because I'm like, ah. Uh, you know like i i'm a little bit more on the meticulous side on maybe not on a lot of things but with our music it, it definitely i'm like i want to make sure it's it's like a it's like your baby so right i totally get uh, that yeah so we're it's a little bit different but um yeah we've we've done well and but yeah we're definitely pushing for more material for 2024 which is yeah. weird to say can't wait to hear more <laughs> So when when listening to your music, there was something about the sound and it reminded me of another artist, but I honestly can't put my finger on it. I definitely feel like you guys have a little bit of a retro vibe going on. And uh, that being said, who would you say mu your musical influences are and who would you compare yourself to musically if you had to? Mm. I know I'm coming at you with the tough questions. <laughs> uh i mean we've been asked something similar you know but it's always yeah i don't know why it's so hard you feel like i would i would we'd have it down um yeah i mean like i grew up with like classic rock and like pop punk and all you know like all the all the emo shenanigans um so i think some of that channels in there um like third eye blind is a um a big influence for me um i love the main like um one of their albums is like super important um but uh i'm trying to think of like i don't know philip philip or uh, gavin you guys you guys take it and i'll i'll keep <laughs> yeah for i don't know yeah it's hard to kind of pinpoint like it's not, it's always an interesting question of like who do you sound like or who do you want to be when uh we definitely i think we definitely have our own um sound here like i you know same as alex classic rock um grew up on queen aerosmith um rewatched freddie mercury millions of times uh kind of doing live aid on um, on stage um and then kind of 
it more newer uh i'm a huge fan of the killers Coldplay, um franz ferdinand uh and just it's kind of a good mix of just um kind of some classic elements so some of that synth pop that you might see in like a john hughes movie mm-hmm. um uh mixed with some you know modern day alternative rock uh which we definitely love you yeah. have any input yeah i was gonna say um i i i have like a weird um musical influence growing up i miss i listened to a lot of classical music and like mariachi music um but i would say probably the killers as well i think that's definitely where we get a lot of our like like sort of 80s synth kind of sound from i like the yeah. like the newer killer stuff um yeah i don't know and but we also like i think Nashville's a really cool like pop rock thing as well i feel like there's a lot of really amazing pop rock like or like alternative rock acts that are popping up from here and so yeah i think it's yeah. i think a, a big part it's kind of we all just sort of like see what the other guys is doing like cool yeah i like that like you know take influence from that as well so yeah i feel like i could definitely see you guys having a song on like stranger things or something you know because like they have like the 80s theme and everything on stranger things and it's great yeah i call uh, gavin gavin the synth lord so he's a uh, <laughs> he does all the all the fun like he'll just kind of experiment and put some really cool stuff together but he's definitely the uh, so i'm uh i'm gonna twist up the influence question a little bit um so this one it makes people scratch their heads and think of some good answers so uh for for a reference uh johnny depp says he got his inspiration for jack sparrow from keith richards do you have an inspiration for your stage presence mm. they all uh, moved at the same time yeah <laughs> uh, i mean i i always grew up uh yeah, with like Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, um, and then watching all the pop punk, and then even the hardcore band. I would like. I grew up listening to. I love their energy, um, and just they wouldn't stop. Like even if it was like an hour long set, I mean they were just going hard the whole time. So it's always interesting when people come to our shows because they'll kind of just be like, "Oh, it's didn't seem like a pop show. Like it seemed more like you know like a rock show or like something a little heavier, but." that's always been my my energy and i actually am a big i have a big pet peeve against people that just stand there and sing which is like i mean that you know everyone's different but i'm just like i i would rather just be running around going crazy so <laughs> yeah, what's it hard for me sitting behind a drum set um be, especially when i take influence like i said from freddie mercury <laughs> being stage man and so i kind of take elements of that what I say of, of the front man, try to see if I can put it behind there, add a sense of fun behind it. One guy that does it extraordinarily well is Josh Dunn of 21 Pilots. He puts on a show. Um, like his entire body is going through it when he's playing. Um, and so at least I try to uh kind of take influence from that and just kind of front man mentality while also staying behind the kit. Uh 
occasionally you'll see me stand up when I'm playing. Uh, does it annoy people? Maybe. Does it work? hundred <laughs> uh, percent. And um, definitely need to, like Alex said, you got to have uh, that element of showmanship. You can't just be sitting, standing there playing the music because it's not just about the music. You got to put on a performance if people are coming to see you play. Definitely. I agree. Yeah, I, I'd have to, um, I'm kind of on the same vein as Alex. Um, Cause I also like, once I like expanded past mariachi music, I think pop or like punk was like sort of a big part, uh, but probably like a little tamer, like, <laughs> like Reliant K or something, but you know, just like head banging and like cool riffs. Um, and um, I don't know if there's like anyone in particular, but I, one, like, I guess, interesting tidbit is um, some of the, we wrote, we wrote some songs over the pandemic and, um, and I think they're great, but I, um, they were purely in like a studio context, you know, cause we weren't playing shows obviously. And then we started, you know, everything opened up again and we were playing shows again. And we were like, these, <laughs> these songs kind of suck to play live. <laughs> cause they're so, it's like, it's so syncopated. And so like, I, everyone has to focus so hard instead of like just like focusing on performing like giving a good performance and bringing the energy up and stuff so it's kind of interesting because i feel like that has influenced the way that we write music now because now when we get into the studio we kind of have that perspective of like okay well like what's going to be really fun to play on the stage and what's going to go really well like in in a live concert setting versus like just purely in a Spotify context. Yeah. That one we pulled from Mutt Lang, the famous producer of Def Leppard, who I think is another inspiration for us because he, they had the same thing of like, oh, we want this music like in the studio. We want this musically to sound great. And he said, I want you to play this song. Like you're playing it in front of 20,000, 50,000 people. Um, How is it going to sound in stadiums around the world? And so we definitely have taken that mentality and we're like, how is this going to play live? how are we going to be able to play it live but how is it also just going to come across in the best possible way yeah yeah that sounds that that's a good answer <laughs> so what has been an unexpected source of inspiration uh when creating music the unexpected expected um honestly like i'll i'll just uh driving for me is like i don't know what it is but um if i'm on like a long road trip or something i'll just start humming something even if i like listen to a podcast i think it's a combination of driving and a lot of caffeine so just uh and then i'll you know pull out my phone and without crashing i'll try and like record a voice memo and they always sound awful when i listen back to them but i like get the melodies um and kind of what i was thinking at the time but i always start off with like a melody idea um but it's always when i'm driving um i'll go um <laughs> this is it's gonna sound a little weird but i feel like um in a, in a weird sense like haters <laughs> like <laughs> people that really like don't like that we're having a good time and, and making music that we enjoy. Um, I think we've written a couple songs like regarding 
the haters and you know basically being like we don't care what you think and we're just gonna do our thing but i like i never thought that i would write a song or like be in a situation where we would like write music about people that we don't personally know you know in that context but i also feel like it's it's been um like sometimes we'll we'll read like um hater like youtube or instagram or like tiktok comments to each other um because they're actually really funny <laughs> and um so but i don't know that's that's kind of been some like fun inspiration um to get like attention i guess in in that way um and to respond to it with music yeah i mean we've only had one hater so far so it was one of our <laughs> best performing episodes right i think so uh, uh, and we just laughed because it was like a three-word hate message. We love <laughs> the haters. It is amazing when they just try to go at us. Um, because we're like, this is amazing. Please keep commenting. It's so helpful for it's true. <laughs> it also helps people notice you more too. Exactly. Because, so we're like, oh. people are like, oh, look at this hater, and they like get into it. Like your music sucks. Oh man, we're gonna stop. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I, I definitely when I get onto like a post that someone posted and you see the hate, I kind of just kind of keep going. I'm like, is there anyone else that's hating on this post? Because I love li- reading the hate stuff because it's funnier. Oh yeah, for- I mean, no no press is bad press is, is what they say. It's true. Definitely true. Mm-hmm. So, did you have any unexpected? sources of inspiration philip um it's unexpected i think i gavin kind of brought the best example because we wrote we wrote you're so cool just basically off of people trying to cyber bully or be like or just to kind of bring you down um something that has started to creep up is uh i now have a one and a half year old uh and like I remember my uh, when I, I went to college here in Nashville at Belmont um, and I studied music business and my first class uh, for that major, I had a teacher who was in, he's in the band Little Texas, very famous country band. Um, and he talked about um, what his life was like on the road and like that and that life. And I had grown up that like music was my passion, my dream. Um, and I remember one day in class, like specifically might've been the first day and he just breaks down because he's like, look, this life isn't for everybody. If you choose to get into it, you're going to be missing birthdays. You're going to be missing holidays. Um, but if it's really for you, um, then you have to give it everything. And, uh, we, the, one of the recent songs that we have, who we are kind of touches on that just on that's obviously the musician's life, the band life isn't for everybody. Um, and it pulls that, you know, we're, we're going to be away. We're going to miss those days. We're going to miss seeing uh, first steps, seeing birthdays and everything. Um, But uh, it's just something that we're so passionate about. Um, And it kind of, I try to draw inspiration uh, from my own life, um, but I definitely uh, get a lot more help uh, working with Gavin and Alex uh, just because we're able to kind of come together 
um, and just mesh our ideas out really well. And we also we do a great job of shooting ideas down because sometimes that's a good thing to do uh, while also like kind of like lifting up other ideas. Uh, I'm always a sucker uh, if Alex puts in a song idea into the group and I'll be the first one to say this is the most amazing thing when it's recorded tomorrow or I'll be like, eh, you could have done better. Um, and then Gavin will all of a sudden hit us with just like this happened on the on a recent few releases. Um, he hit us with this. Uh, I think it was in case you care. Uh, and I, I was like, no, we had another song that was going to be on the list of songs we were wanting to go to. And I was like, this one has to edge it out. Um, so I definitely take a lot more of my kind of inspirations from Alex and Gavin uh, since um, it. Uh, for us, it does take three to tango, and these two guys are definitely doing a, a lot of that good work. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, it's good that you can rely on your bandmates. Oh, definitely. So I swear I'm, I swear I'm not crazy distracted, but my dog is losing her shit right now for some reason. <laughs> so if I'm looking off not toward everybody, she is losing her freaking mind right now for some reason. <sighs> That crazy Millie. Millie, the little guy's finally to bed. Finally. <sighs> he wanted to stay up and party with you, Chris. He did. He was right here until we, right before, like probably 30 seconds before Gavin joined us. <laughs> <laughs> so I've listened to all your songs that I've known of. I That's why I said I think there's like 13. But then you mentioned another one, the cool one. You're so cool. And I never, I didn't find that one. For some reason. Uh, yeah, it should be under just the singles. Um, because we did just have a period of time where we were just releasing singles, but I think that was like 2021. Correct. Yeah, cool. Got it. But then again, I listened on YouTube music because sometimes it's easier for me to listen on YouTube. No. Mm -hmm. uh, because Spotify, I don't pay do, for. We do have a music video for that one also, directed by Gavin. Um, which he did a phenomenal job. That's one of our uh, one of our best videos that we've put out. Um, yeah, that and that that's definitely on YouTube. I know that for sure. Well, now I've got another song I'm gonna have to listen to. So because every other song I've listened to so far of them, but they've all been fantastic. So, Hell however, yeah. however, I did really love like Hotel Lobby and Love to Hate You was on my list, and then Together, your one of your latest singles. Okay. And so if if you had to choose which songs would be your favorites that you've, you know, released over the years. Just name a couple. I'm <laughs> I am uh a, a strong advocate for RIP Summer. <laughs> um it doesn't get like any love cuz okay, I I will say it as a hot controversial take um but i'm kind of with you i i've got apple music i don't use spotify and one of my least favorite things about spotify is if you have a body of work versus singles it will make like an ep look like a single so you so um it looks like like i i had a friend that like discovered our music and and she was like like oh like i've listened to every song and then i asked her i was like did, did you listen to um r.i.p summer that's like one of my favorites that doesn't get enough love and she was like i've never heard that song 
And it's because Spotify like has the interface is just weird, and then it makes you think that like you've already listened to like I don't know the way that it, it shows album art um, under like a body of work is mm-hmm. different, or I guess it looks the same as a single. So she, there were like four songs that she had never heard that, but she like thought that she had listened to literally everything. So, but mm. yeah, that's that's uh, that's my answer is R.I.P. Summer. I think that song should be yeah. so much bigger. I've noticed that on Spotify. Actually, I think I noticed it on YouTube too. I've clicked on stuff before and there's like multiple songs and I'm like, what? I thought it was a single. <laughs> yeah, no, YouTube music does that a lot. They're good at hiding. Um, I'd say um, No Good. Yeah, like No Good was one of my my favorites um, in the early days and I think it's super fun. And then still Hotel Lobby though. I think uh, that's... Um, uh, I love jamming out to that one. Yeah, if not Love to Hate You or No Good, I think uh, Love is Complicated. That one's just a nice, simple synth pop, uh, but definitely up there with my favorites. Nice. Did you have any, Chris? Did you have any favorites? No. I can't, <laughs> p- I can't pick favorite songs. I'm really bad at doing that. My my son asks me all the time. Uh, so I have I have two. I have a four year old and a thirteen year old. And my thirteen year old does ask me like, oh, well, what's your favorite song? And for the longest time, I kept telling him it's Bored Stiff by Every Time I Die. That was my go to uh, answer. But um, ever since I've that's when I was kind of I'll call it on a hiatus of discovering new music. Um, but now that especially since the podcast has started, like it's constantly cycling. I can't pick one because if I choose one, I'm going to backtrack and be like, no, 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 but this one was great. So I I can't, no. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not playing that game. I definitely say I've broadened my band horizons since starting the podcast. Like I used to love listening to like weekly discovery and stuff on Spotify. So I would, you know, always be looking for new bands, but I feel like since we started the podcast, I'm looking even more. So mm-hmm. I'm like finding even more great music to listen to so now it's like oh i really have a really broad variety of of stuff i listen to now have you listened to any more russian shoegaze yet no (laughs) just the one (laughs) just the one and have you guys ever heard of shoegaze oh yeah yeah we'd never heard of shoegaze before until we came across this russian band (laughs) oh really Uh, oh yeah well it's it's not like my like it's something yeah. <laughs> we actually had him on the podcast too. So that was an interesting interview. Oh wow. Yeah, we had to uh they were very uh explicitly saying in the uh Instagram chat back and forth absolutely nothing remotely politically oriented because of it, course everything wait, that's is, going on. Wait a there. minute. Is there something politically happening right now that no, I'm not that I'm aware of? <laughs> I, Why would they even ask that? <laughs> I don't know. So we had to write up the questions and I sent it to them ahead of time. Be like, just so you know, this is what we're planning on talking about. But then he flipped the table and kept mentioning political things. And I'm like, what? Right? Yeah, it was it was a little weird. I'm still not I'm not I'm not for sure if he was being serious about the no no jokes thing either in the beginning. No, but they did. <laughs> I'll, I'll share the, the best part about that interview is we asked them about awkward things that have happened on stage and one of their bass players decided to turn up all his equipment and kind of go off on his own riff and everything in the middle of a show and they they at the end of the song they 
fired him right there in the middle <laughs> of the performance. Oh. I'm like, oh man. Cutthroat Russians. Yeah. That's like, that's like Jack Black moment from School of Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Love uh, that. Wow. Right. Shoe gaze is dramatic. I guess. <laughs> At least in Russia. Yeah. Well, let's get back on track now, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. Not really. <laughs> so out of all the songs you guys have released, which songs song or songs was the hardest to write and get right during the mixing process? I know. Oh, uh, yeah. You're so cool. I feel like that song, which I know you haven't listened to, but um, I think we wrote that song like four different times, like started writing it, came up with the concept, started writing some lyrics because um, once you listen to it, it's it's a lot of like fast lyrics. It's a very rhythmic, like fast paced lyrical song. Um, and so in order like to to fill all like all the syllables that you need is a lot of words. And we were we started writing it. I don't even remember what we started writing it about. Um, I think we were writing it about like. Like having a, a like a boys night out on the town or something and then um and then we were like no that's kind of lame and then we we're like <laughs> well what if we write it about like 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 really wanting like uh like a girl and like pursuing her and then we we're like mm. and um and i think it was like either the third or fourth time we were like okay like let's um like we we'd we'd seen these like critics and people and it was like you guys you guys can't even play an instrument like what are you talking about you know and um so so we figured out that that's what that would be about but i feel like that song we probably wrote back and forth for like close to a year before we like actually were like okay that's it this we had like two iterations of full lyrics, verse, chorus, yeah. verse, chorus done for that song. Yeah. We like fully written. We were like, wow, we need to change these because they're not working. Uh, but it turned out great. So don't regret it. Hey, as long as it turned out great in the end. It did. Big fan. Did <laughs> anyone hate on the song? Yeah. I, I was going <laughs> to say, if you... um. You can check out our hate comments in that in the music video. <laughs> go watch video, it. Go to our I, Instagram. Few of them. I think I think my favorite one from the music video was like, these guys are just wearing their guitars. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Can I swear on this or is that? Or is no, that you no can. Now? You can. I was like, yeah, no shit. Like it's a music video. We're not actually playing the song. Like we were, but it was like. Like, you're not actually hearing what we're playing as a music video. What are you talking about? I think people still think that bands play their actual music in a music video. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, on TikTok, they're like, oh, yeah, like, he's totally singing it live. I'm like, bro, it's, like, fully produced. Like, it's a full... <laughs> he is listening. And he's out in the middle of his yard. How is he? Where's the amplifier? Like, Yeah, where's where's the reverb? Where's also, that coming God, from? God forbid... Alex wears a Nirvana shirt in anything. <laughs> oh yeah, he gets a lot of hate Kurt for that. Is at, wow. Yeah. What was it? Uh, what did the one guy say? Someone was like, "Kurt Kurt Cobain would kill himself again." <laughs> he saw you wearing it. It was dark. Like it was, it was dark. Like, yeah. Wow. I'm, gonna, like, I'm gonna have to look all these up. I gotta read these comments. It's or it's like when someone just 
randomly comes up to like a, a random person down the street, like name every single Nirvana song or name every single Stone song. And Alex is a very big fan of Nirvana. Um, and but it's like, yeah, in you, fact, you, you he's gonna name every song. They're like, like, okay, great. But why did you know him personally? Okay. Uh, always something. So would you agree with Gavin on his uh, choice of the hardest song to write and the hardest one to get right during mixing? Yeah, I forgot about that one because we were that was during COVID. So we were all doing Zoom writes or like calling each other, just texting each other. So it, it just took a long time because we were just in weird places. I was like in North Carolina a lot of the time just with my family um because they live on four acres and i'm like well i'm getting the hell out of nashville so <laughs> yeah my dad's on like three acres but you know it's not a ton of acres but at least it's a little bit you know secluded it's, yeah that's enough but yeah i'd agree i'd agree with that <laughs> so okay so 2018 you're still uh, for you know in the grand scheme of things a fairly new band um what would you say some of the biggest struggles have been since starting the band and do you have any advice for anyone listening who might consider starting one of their own he's i see gavin's got like this smirk on his face <laughs> i shouldn't say it like like for someone that wants to start a band i'm like don't <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> i mean like i don't know i for for music's sake bands are great love being in a band is so stressful being in the music industry um i think for everyone I don't, even if you're like really successful i still feel like it's incredibly stressful and a lot of work and but um you know also very fulfilling and um you get to hang out with some really cool people um but that's that's kind of i was like laughing at that because I, I don't know i had a flashback to um I was selling some like music equipment to someone and it was like this mom and she had this son that was in high school and she's like, my son wants to be a music producer. Like you're, you're an adult. Like, where do you think he should go to college? And I was like, he shouldn't. <laughs> I was like for music producing. I don't know. Probably don't. And she yeah. didn't like, it. but whoops. It's funny. Cause you, you talk about music producing. I feel like, a lot of people don't go to college for that. A lot of people end up being in a band and then they become a producer. That's what I was that's what I was saying. I was like, I don't think anyone in the industry cares if you have a degree in music. Um, I think that's like the least of their concern. Unless right. you're actually working in the industry, yes. not band wise, then it's like, no. Like uh, my school, they have an audio engineering program. And like I have a few friends went through the program, they're phenomenal. But at the end of the day, you're also going to that program to it's about who are you meeting with? Who are you connecting with? Like, uh, who are, are you a great hang? Uh, can you be that guy in the room that has the idea? Uh, and so it's just about like, who do, who do you know? And how can you kind of leverage your connections and also utilize your knowledge? Um, but if you're also wanting to, you know, start a band or figure it out, uh, uh, definitely have a group of guys that you want to be in a, a car with for sometimes 24 hours straight uh that's a good that's a nice helpful one we, we've done a few, we've done a few tours where we've had to drive 24 hours straight uh to the west coast 
um, and back. And so definitely find a group of buds that you can do that too and don't want to kill yourselves with. Um, (laughs) And also don't, um, definitely don't think you know everything uh, because more often than not, you don't. Uh, I or don't be that person that's gonna hate on everything of like I don't like this artist. I'd never work with this artist or I hate their music. Um, because if you start to be that person, that that negativity is just gonna start to go to other people, and they're gonna maybe not want to work with you. Uh, and not necessarily like your ideas. So be very open minded. Um, and just be considerate about others. Yeah, sounds like good idea. Yeah, I would also say um, I'm kind of speaking to my younger self that it um, it just takes time sometimes. I feel like, you know, I think when I moved out to Nashville, I was 20 and I was like, I'm going to be famous by the time I'm 21, you know, <laughs> um, but it's a process and you just have to put in the work and trust the process and um, like things will start happening. But um, you got to do the work first, you know? Yeah. Anything from you, Alex? um yeah be a good hang for sure um and um yeah just uh i think just finding people that you know uh make you more creative and kind of like drive those those processes you know just because you can like be with some of the best writers in the world and you just don't vibe with them. Like we're in Nashville. So, you know, you can throw a rock and find like a Grammy winning producer or writer, you know, like <laughs> um, at the end of the day, like you, you know, still may not vibe with them. So it's like, just find your, your people and uh, you know, it'll all work out from there. Cause I think it, it's just really all about getting your best creativity out. Not necessarily like what the industry wants or like anything like that. So yeah, good vibes. Good vibes. Is there uh, anything you've learned about yourself through creating music? Mm -hmm. Um, I, so I used to think that I hated like producing and like, I only wanted to just like do demos and other things like that, but I've actually learned that I'm, um, I really enjoy it. And I like the process of kind of making everything just sound better. So um, that was something for me, I just had to finally sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to be better at actually like learning about production and, uh, and songwriting too. So uh, yeah, I think it's just when you spend all that time in the studio, and you kind of just watch the producers just kind of do their thing. It's just really inspiring and super cool. Anyone else? Um, I think for me, one thing I've learned about myself is that my, um, environment matters a lot, um, as far as like creating goes, um, like, I feel like creatively I had like sort of a dry spell where I wasn't really like contributing as much to songwriting or, you know, I, there was a lot of things going on, but I was also like, not, um, like in a super great living situation at the time and there were a lot of other things going on um so i think like um putting yourself in like putting my learning to put myself in a a good positive environment where i can feel free to create or do whatever i want is like really quintessential to um not only like 
writing and making music, but I also feel like just being happy in life as well. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm kind of always almost ready for, at least for our music, like the next thing. And so I've tried to kind of slow myself down of like, all right, so we've released this one song. What's the next song that's going to come out? Uh, What's that next thing? Because we have so many great ideas that we've been working on uh, and that we have worked on in the past. And so I'm, I'm, I, I give myself time with like the releases that we have. And once they're out, I'm always pushing them, listening to them, loving them still, but I'm always kind of, I've noticed, I'm always like, all right, what's the next thing? Like, we got to keep going. We got to keep uh, working on the music, keep releasing stuff. Um, and so I've definitely, although I've tried to slow myself down a bit and know that some stuff does take time, uh, I'm always going to be that champion of, all right, we've, we've got this out. Uh, what's the next thing that we can give to the people? All right. Yeah, I need so, to learn to slow down too. <laughs> I slow down a lot. What are you talking about? You do slow me down. Uh-huh. Uh but yeah, no, it's it's that's a struggle. I'm I'm just like you. I, I'm always ready to jump into the next thing and whether it's at work or elsewhere, everyone's like, slow down. I I don't know how. Eh, well, <laughs> gotta slow down and know take a little time to smell the roses i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so do you guys have any crazy or interesting stories from the road that you could share uh one time philip ran over a rock the size of uh allegedly for (laughs) purposes it was not a rock sorry a boulder if you will (laughs) allegedly a boulder uh it was it was the the thing that took down the titanic but in boulder form (laughs) yeah but we're alive um and for legality reasons that's all we're gonna say just kidding uh yeah that was our one of our west coast tours um when it got i forget where exactly it was but there was definitely a rock slide um Mm. on the hill is very wet and it was either run over a big boulder or crash into cars on both sides of us. So I took the road that wasn't going to get us killed. Um, and then there was that. Did it kill the vehicle? No. No? The vehicle was very much alive, oddly enough. Um, so very thankful for that. Uh <laughs> We definitely all caught like all of our gear and everything. We were all off the like we all caught air basically. Like that's how this thing lifted the vehicle. Yeah. That was a it nice to, moment. It had to be in California, right? Or something like that. It was definitely close to California, I yeah. think. No, I remember exactly where it was. Oh. It was Arizona. It was, yeah, it was Arizona. It was about an hour north of Phoenix. We were going through like a national park or something. So it was like also the middle of nowhere. The rain was freezing. I think it was like 40, 40 or 45 degrees outside. And it was like, it, it, we got hit by a flash flood. Hmm. Um, and in Arizona, flash floods can be extremely dangerous. Um, and yeah, and to add more context, it was either hit a boulder, hit other cars, or drive off the side of like a mountain. <laughs> Option number three was even better. So. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to go out in that kind of glory, huh? No. Yeah. 
And then I think I think it was the same that same drive in the same go that we drove 24 hours straight. Um, yeah. Cause we drove from Nashville. That's another sort of fun story um, is we drove from Nashville. We left sort of late. I want to say like at four or something, 4 PM. Um, and we were just like, let's just go as far as we can go. We'll go to a hotel. And we started driving. I like fell asleep immediately. Um, I got in the car in the backseat. And I just fell asleep. And then I woke up at probably like two in the morning to them, like getting out and stopping at a gas station. And Alex and Philip were like, we're done. Like, we'll find somewhere to go. And I was like, I think I could drive for a little bit. And um, we got me a bang energy. And I had never had bang energy before. And also, like, I don't drink a whole lot of caffeine. And um, so I got in the van and I like opened up the bang energy and I started drinking it and I was like, Oh my God. Um, like it hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, and I ended up driving like nine hours <laughs> from like two in the morning until like 11, um, like the next day. And then I think that's, I, I got us basically all the way through Texas, like by myself. No, I remember, uh, I think we were, I think we were in Oklahoma or maybe the top of Texas, but that's where we were planning to stop. I remember going, oh, yeah. to waking up in New Mexico and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I, we were like hopping. two states over. I was yeah. Like, Good for you. He had that caffeine rush. Yeah. I was so awake. It was nuts. And I was like, <laughs> I was just listening, um, to like a murder podcast <laughs> and then they were both asleep, but I was like, I was vibing for eight hours. I was good. Dude, crystal meth's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Any right. other stories? We love uh, hearing stories. We yeah. love them. Uh, it's just funny every time Philip gets hit on because, like, um, he's so he's such a loyal husband, and like, even before he, him, and Mads were, um, married, he'd just be like, "I have a girlfriend," and <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, how would you like to see a photo of my wife? <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes wearing a ring doesn't do it, so. Yeah. Got to be a little little bit more like, you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> on my finger, I, like very clearly. Be like, she put a ring on it. <laughs> oh, I guess we can tell them about the, uh, the strike it. I won't. I won't. Oh, we, will, <laughs> we will redact, redact any name. Redact names. <laughs> it starts with me. Uh, yeah. We were playing a show and we, uh, I forget exactly why this was happening, but we were like the third, second or third band to play. Um, and there wasn't enough time after everybody's sound checking, uh, for me to set up a drum set because we were traveling without my drums, we were just sharing drums left and right. Um, and the sound guy was like, Hey, could is there any way you could just sound check with the main band's drums right now? Um, and I'm like, Yeah, sure, no, no problem. Uh, and I'll also ask him, Hey, can I use your set for the show? Won't change anything whatever so i go to the drummer and i say hey man uh can i you know use your set i'll use my snare with cymbals i won't change any, change anything on your set uh whatsoever um can i just use your set for our our show 
And he looks me dead in the eye uh, without saying anything else except for, I'm just going to strike it. Uh, and I said, okay, that's cool. I, I just wanted to ask. So I go away. And then the sound guy's like, hey, and then so I asked another band, hey, can I use your set? Because um, I also couldn't use the band before us set because they had a left-handed drummer. Uh, so there was going to be another complete changeover. And it was just a whole entire cluster. But I go to the uh, one of the other bands. I'm like, can I use your set? And they said, absolutely. Use it all you want to. And I'm like, great. You're nice. And so we're about to sound check. And I was going to and sound check and everything. And the sound guy's like, hey, we're running out of time. I need you to sound check on the main band's drums right now. And I said, the guy won't let me. And he goes over to that guy. I'm with him. And he's like, hey, can we just use your set? We'll barely touch it. And he's like, no, I'm just going to strike it. And we kept repeatedly asking him this. And he said no other information, no other words, except for I'm just going to strike it. Like the most pompous response like I've I'm the coolest person in the world and you don't deserve to be where I am. I'm just going to strike it. And we were like, cool. Uh, and so that was that show. Uh, we were playing them like a day later and then apparently their entire tour got canceled. Uh, so it was a nice little thing of karma. But yep. now every time we're playing a show or doing something just gonna strike it comes up in the conversation that is a nice little little can bit. i i, I want to add some context here um because i feel like the context makes it even more infuriating um so um it was a five band lineup there are five bands playing that night that's so many bands for like one concert there was a line out the door people like we were like probably 20 minutes late opening doors because we hadn't sound checked yet. We were the last band to sound check. The first band um was a it was a left-handed kit. So they needed to change out the drums entirely to accommodate the first band anyway. The main drummer had his setup already set up. So the reason we were really trying to push for him is because if we had to check with the other band, oh, we just lost Alex. Um uh -oh. if if we checked with the other bands, not the left-handed band, but the other band that let us use their set, that would mean that in order to just sound check, we would have to set up an entirely new set of drums and then immediately take it down so that the left-handed drummer could set up their set um, just for them to take it down again and then for the new for the other drummer to put their set back on. So it was like, like, it was so like out of everyone's way to accommodate this drummer that just like, didn't want us to just, just literally hit the snare top and like the snares a couple of times, just so the house like knew that the drums were going to sound okay. Mm -hmm. And he just was like, nah, I'm just going to strike it. I'm just going to strike it. So yeah, we'll do, well, I'll be like, Philip, can you pass me that thing? And he'll be like, Ah, she's gonna strike it. Just gonna strike it. So just now it's become it. an inside joke between the hundred percent. Yeah. Or anyone yeah. else that might have known about it, except for I guess that might have just been the sound guy. We've had like a number of people that have gone on to know the person that we've talked mm -hmm. about, and we've 
not told them the story until they've had a bad experience with them. And then we're like, hey, just so you know, here's this nice little story we have about them. And they said, why haven't you told us this sooner? Uh, <laughs> this would have saved us a lot of grief. And we're like, yeah, but we don't want to get into anybody's business. So, right. That's well, a thing there. you don't want to like badmouth someone just because exactly. you had a bad experience because exactly. that doesn't we look good on you. If you're working with somebody, that's just something you want to keep to yourself uh, unless they ask for it. Um, and if they ask like, Hey, is there anything we should know? And like, we're not going to, you know, be the guys that's like, Oh, they suck. You shouldn't work with them or cause they might, they might have completely different experience, but, um, from our experience and from what our knowledge, it's essentially been the exact same, uh, thing with everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. Alex is coming back. <laughs> there he is. Um, I have, I have, an, I have one more, if you guys have time i don't know what what our um that i leave that up to chris because i'm good (laughs) yeah i got time for one more (laughs) (laughs) all right all right um we were playing a show actually in the same city as the strike it guy um but we had just come back from literally like a nationwide tour like we had just played coast to coast in um over a dozen venues i don't know if it was like up to 20 but it was like we'd played a lot of cities a lot of different venues not to mention the venue that we were playing um, had like, we had previously played there on the same run and we were coming back to sort of do a victory lap or something. I don't know. I don't know why we went back, but um, we go back and we're like, you know, going through the rounds. And um, I was talking to the sound guy and I was like, here's our setup. This is what we do. Here's where we're going to send you. Here's what we need from you. And he just goes, that'll never work. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I was like, what? And he was like, no, no, no. What you're trying to do, it's impossible with the gear you have. And I was like, uh, we just played like 20 shows doing this. <laughs> and he's like, no, but it's like what what you want, what you really want, it's just never going to work. And I was like, we played the room that's next door with a smaller setup. <laughs> and they were able to do this just fine. And he's like, no, like you don't even talking about. I was so like flap. I was like, I don't know what to do with this man because I like, like he's just directly refuting everything that I am telling him, even though like, I know that I'm right. And um, he ends up being a huge pain in the butt to work with. And he spent like an hour tuning the other band's drums for some reason, like a full hour. And then basically um, it was just us and one other band and we were late sound checking because this guy was so hard to work with. And, um, and then eventually we just kind of told the venue like, Hey, we love you guys. We love this venue, but um, we'll, we won't play here. If this guy is like, like we don't have to fire him, but we won't work with him again ever. Like you like get a different sound guy for, for when we play. Cause of, that experience was like truly awful yeah it's pretty much he was telling you you didn't know what you're talking about and it was his opinion and won't listen to anyone else's <laughs> yeah i mean it's, i will say this classic um, sound guy with a ponytail yeah you know he was what a sound classic guy looks guy. like this oh uh, yeah i'm guy like i only do metal bands and you guys aren't real music that was the sound guy He's like, you use a click track, get real. <laughs> get real. 
it's funny you say like a sound guy with a ponytail because like I went to a lot of shows at the rave in Milwaukee over the years and the sound guy he had really long hair I think his name was like Dan or something like that but he'd always have it in a big ponytail too and I'm like I guess that is a typical sound guy with long hair and a ponytail so yeah yeah uh Back, like off the back of that story, uh, where have been some of your favorite places to play? Um, LA was super cool. Um, uh, and then uh, New York, probably. I mean, those are like super typical, but I think those were my favorites for sure. Yeah, LA, I think we played uh, the Mint. That was, I think, that was a booked out room. That was really awesome for us to play new york uh we played there a couple of times but uh, the better time that we had was at rockwood music hall um and then even in nashville uh there's a uh historic venue exit in that we played a couple of times at uh that's definitely been a favorite of ours just because of everybody um has played there um all these am amazing acts um have come through uh even recently like ed sheeran when he had a, his big show here like he stopped by just to play like a, a i forget with which artist but i think it might have been it wasn't gail but i know that she's also played there before uh but accident is also kind of up there for us especially from from a nashville perspective have you guys yeah. played in wisconsin because i know you mentioned cheese curds not I've yet had wisconsin cheese curds but you haven't played here uh what? yeah that was uh, uh, oh. uh our our friend chris from the foxies um their bass player his family brought them um to us and i didn't i've always i always thought cheese curds were supposed to be hot and i was like what are i was like can i eat these and he was like yeah he was just in like a ziploc bag he was like yeah you just eat them like this i was like what there's two different kinds there's two different kinds of oh, cheese curds okay. there's fried cheese curds and regular cheese curds See, now you got to come to Wisconsin so you can go to Culver's and have Culver's cheese curds because that's a big thing around here, Culver's. The restaurant Culver's down here, too. There yeah, is? Okay. I don't know how far Culver's goes. I guess I've never looked into that. <laughs> uh, could you describe your uh, Dream Gear setups for us? Oh, Dream Gear. Oh, man. Um... Sky's the limit. <laughs> uh, I definitely want. I used to have a Gibson um guitar and I sold it, but I want it. I want it back. Um, because I've got a Fender Telly right now, but um, a Gibson Midtown is like would be my dream guitar. Um, it's not even like I don't even think they make them anymore, but it's just it it looks so great. Um, and then probably just like a nice really dope like silvered out i'm not really a gold gold guy um so i do like a really nice silvered out like wireless mic um probably from sure not really like into sennheiser but if they want to sponsor us i'll take it um <laughs> and uh we, we already have kind of like a pretty good like in-ear setup um but i would love to have like upgraded ears and a mixer so we can mix everything um already kind of for the front of house so we like don't have to rely as much on like a sound guy because sometimes we meet guys with ponytails that only mix metal and we're <laughs> not, so 
uh yeah that that for me would be my ideal i i don't really need a lot but I'm a big uh, Yamaha drum guy. Um, and if they ever want to make an acrylic clear Yamaha drum set, I will be the first one to buy it, no matter how much it costs. Uh, but uh, I already play like a maple set. Um, and so I think like the absolute maple is just the next step up. But big Yamaha drum guy, don't see myself really changing brands um, unless someone else likes to, you know, see what they have to offer. But Anything Yamaha for me would be the way to go. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like I have my dream gear, I guess. Um, I guess, well, I, I would always want more synthesizers all the time, every day. But um, I got my um, Fender Strat with, uh, with the double coil pickups, um, which is a, a guitar that I've wanted for a long time. Uh, my Dan Electro, I think it's like, it's a weird name. It's like XT seven seventy or something, but my twangy guitar um, that I love. And then I've got a uh, profit rev two, um, which I've always like wanted Dave Smith since, but I would say maybe if anything, it'd be dope to have like, <laughs> like a synth cage on stage with just like eight synthesizers surrounding me. And <laughs> Like, and maybe like, yeah, if we could just like make a platform where it like rotates for me, kind of like Neil Peart, <laughs> that'd be super sick. Um, You're getting super rock star on us. <laughs> yeah, no, just have like the three. No, you got to do like the Katy Perry guy where he has a 360 degree synthesizer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Katy Perry, Lady just Gaga, like, whichever was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, all, yeah. All for it just to make like beeps and boops. Beep, beep, boop. <laughs> So what do you hope that fans and listeners take away from your music? Um, I mean, we're like pretty positive. Like, yeah, we have like songs that are, you know, like basically like screw the haters kind of thing. But at the end of the day, like we really always just want to be positive um, uh, and just encourage people to just you know, I mean, if they're going through something, we we want you to, you know, like resonate with our lyrics and, you know, but also like if you're at the gym or if you're just in your normal everyday life, like driving down the road, like we just love being a part of people's lives. And it's so crazy that when we see the amounts of, you know, plays or streams and playlists, we're just like, wow, that's, it's just, it's weird because we we're probably will never meet, you know, 90% of those people. So um it's awesome like i think music is one of the most powerful things um and the most underrated mm -hmm. things um that we take for granted all the time so it's really cool to just be a part of that um and just be like this you know this band from nashville that you know someone in wisconsin hears about us and we've never been so you've never been here but yeah. you better come here yeah we, <laughs> we would love to meet everyone any anybody that's ever listened to us we don't care what age or um you know where, what they're going through like we always want to connect with as many people as possible yeah essentially yeah. if anyone was asking us that we we're just like anyone else uh we've gone through your same experiences we've had our our loves our breakups people coming at us on the internet our road stories uh but we definitely em emphasize like how much we love our fans and that 
we're always uh, going to be there for them the same way that they've been there for us. We love hearing about, hey, come play in Wisconsin. We'll have some cheese curds, drink some spotted cow, pronounce Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee, uh, and it'll be a great time. I call it Milrack me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I feel like um, if there's anything... Like, I feel like music um, is such an easy way to sort of create that like parasocial relationship. But I, I feel like if, if there's anything that like, I hope that our fans take away is that, you know, our music really does come from the heart and we do like, you know, it's, it's not so much that we're like, what's going to sell the best, you know, like what's, what's going to fit with our, like our listener base, the best that is going to perform just as like, there's none of that. It's, it's us just trying to be honest with ourselves and um, write music that really resonates with us. And um, I think it, it really means a lot um, to us that it resonates with other people and that um, they can relate to it in their own way. I think like one of my favorite memories was um, our last show that we played. There was a guy that DM me on Instagram and he was like, hey, I'm coming to your show. I'm super excited. And we had seen him a few times. Um, he drive, he drives like four hours <laughs> usually to come see our shows um he lives in um i think alabama and we don't play alabama super often so if we're playing like atlanta or nashville he comes and he was like yeah i just i went through like a really rough breakup and i like had a fiance and we're no longer dating and like these songs have really gotten me through that and so he like recommended some of these like at requests i should say um what songs we could play on the set list and we definitely like we listened and we put it on the set list and um, you know, cause we really wanted to be able to give him that experience of listening to it live and, you know, being able to connect with him in that way. Um, and it was really fun. I, and he was like right front and center of the stage and it was fun, like singing with him and being able to connect with him in that way. So. That's so great. I like hearing that. So besides your own band, there's so many others releasing great music who is on your personal playlist these days. Damn, I have to look. <laughs> I know everyone's like, oh, if I ask questions like that, I gotta check my Spotify list or my Apple list. <laughs> I've actually been getting more into um the like music that I kind of grew up with, like the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, God, they have so many bangers. Um, um, Five Seconds of Summer, like their earlier stuff, was like a big. Um, I think their production stuff is uh, they're they're like one of my guilty pleasures. Um, Charlie Puth is another one for me. Third Eye Blind, those are mm -hmm. those are kind of the list right now. In terms of actual new music that's come out, uh, I'm also big on Bleachers. Um, Jack Antonoff, obviously, everyone's worked with him, but I mostly like his his own band. Uh, so big on Bleachers. Uh, I've also realized that I've been sucked back into my musicals uh era uh so i'm you know listening to hamilton listening to wicked uh sixth musical just uh all that fun stuff but i'm also going back into my old stuff so def leppard aerosmith uh it kind of goes around for me um i've been listening to a lot of weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> surprise <laughs> surprise yeah, surprise, surprise. I like my weird stuff. Um, 
my plate the playlist that i add a lot to is called idk weird vibes only um and it's none of them if you look at them on a list it's like none of these songs fit but for some reason they do um but i would say probably one of my favorite artists that i've been listening to as of late was um i think she calls it oh 70 shake but um or maybe it's just 70 shake but there's like a zero seven zero shake um she's incredible also like really cool 80s style synth stuff um and as of late i've also been listening to um oh crap what's the name of that band um never mind i don't remember the name <laughs> weird weird stuff i don't know but also like sufjan um sufjan stevens put out a new album oh um Sanfa put out a really, really good record back in October. So I don't know, like really weird alternative synthy art house stuff, I guess, is what I've been listening to. Hey, we like the recommendations. So we like to find new stuff to listen to. Yeah, look them up. They're good. Um, so growing up, you know, being into music and everything, uh, do you have any standout shows that you attended? I do. Um, it's so random, but, um, uh, M83. M83, I'm like not even a big fan of M83. <laughs> I went to the show only knowing Midnight City, right? The song that everyone knows. Um, but even though I only knew one song, it was the best concert I've ever been to. It's blown, it's blown every other artist out of the water. And I'm including like my favorite artists that I've gone and seen. M83 has so far by far put on the best show that I have ever seen. Um, I was, I was like in my like angsty teen years, but I went to go see, um, our friend's band was opening up called Joan Zetta and, but they were opening up for, for mute math. Um, and I had never, I'd heard like one of their songs and um, I walked out of there just like blown away. Um, they, they were just nuts. And they're like this, like, if you listen to their album, you would, you'd be like, Oh, this is just like a cool indie band. But I walked out of there. I was like, I was like, this, I wish this shit was nuts. <laughs> um, he was like on top of his piano at one point. Their drummer started the show, um, Darren, um, and he has a thing of duct tape and he put these like headphones on his head and he just starts wrapping the duct tape on these headphones. And I'm like, what is happening? And then he just starts going on his drums and I'm like, this is insane. But yeah, like, I and then it was kind of crazy because after I left that show, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to like listen to her album," and I listened to it, and it never lived up to like the hype of that show. So it was kind of like it was weird. It was uh, but I would say that was the best live show I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I've seen a lot of stadium big sh shows. I uh, was like pretty close up front with for the Killers, uh, then Firo's back for Coldplay, uh, Metallica. I got nowhere near the pit, and I wasn't <laughs> going to. Uh, but I think one of the more memorable ones, uh, just because I saw him with my mom, who <clears throat> was also a big fan, was with was Prince, because he put on 
a phenomenal show. He put the emphasis on the musicians because uh, you don't print. He didn't need to showcase himself. It's Prince, but right. um, just a phenomenal show from start to finish. Uh, that was definitely a good memory. How about you, Jess? You don't want you, Chris. You know what no. my answers are always. Well, I don't. Be. I don't think I've asked you this one before, though. The I know who it's gonna shows. be. I know who it's gonna I be. I have multiple standout shows. Is it all the same band? No. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me flack all the time. The best I... standout show is going to be Story of the Year. What year is it? And what <laughs> venue is it? Oh, I love Story of the Year. They're my favorite band ever. So I've I saw them for the first time ever when they were still Big Blue Monkey. Oh yeah, I remember that. I yeah. I was a big fan of them, so still am. Yeah. Yeah. They're still putting out great, great hits. I just it's, went to the uh, Page Avenue tour, so. Oh man, I yeah, I wish I could have gone to that because that was like my, just in that whole phase that was like such a big, big album. Yeah. No, and they do all their Chris, ba- their backflips. Chris, I have other standout shows. I mean, I saw Paula Abdul a long time ago, and that was a standout show. I was probably like ten. I've seen Huey Lewis live twice, and he's great. If we want to get a little more classic. (laughs) What's your standout show, Chris? Uh, I knew that was coming. Uh, There's definitely two that come to mind. There is a venue here in Syracuse that used to be in the rec room of a church. And they would rent out the room for concerts. And some regional band from rochester came and played and they put on such a phenomenal show and i'm like oh man that was that was such a great show and i bought their album at the merch table and i listened to it on the way home and i was like this is garbage (laughs) like they they put on such a strong energetic live show i still have the pictures from the show like i was entranced i'm like this is this is an amazing show but then when i actually listened to the music i was like is this even the same band? Like, did I just go to the wrong merch table? What? Um, and then uh, another one was, it was actually the first concert I ever went to. Um, it was the Ska's Dead tour. Um, and it had like Catch-22, Big D and the Kids table, and then a local band opened up. And they were really great. Um, the, it was a local college Ska band, and I, I ended up seeing them twice. Um, but that that was a great show being my first show um and i was a little in love with the lead singer i did ask her to my prom <laughs> it did not did not happen but <laughs> i said i no. tried she was already oh, no. back she, so it was a college band i was in high school so college ends earlier than high school up here so by the time prom rolled around she was already back in whatever state she lived in Heartbroken. Hey, took that shot how I got my actual prom date is I just went to somebody in the lunchroom and during breakfast, and I was like, hey, are you going? And they were like, no. I was like, do you want to? And she said, yeah. And that was that. Beautiful. I didn't go to prom. <laughs> Never got asked out to prom. It's overrated. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. All it's cracked up to be. Absolutely <laughs> not. My brother went to like, my brother went to like five proms. Because he kept dating girls in high school. Oh. 
All right, Matt. That took a twist. He's like, <laughs> none of them. Yeah, he wasn't in high school for any of them. <laughs> I think it was in high school, maybe for two of them. Two out of five. Oh, man. So, so a little, uh, a weird question now, right? So if you oh, could gosh. describe the band's music as a brand of gum, what <laughs> gum would it be and why? Do people even chew gum anymore? Yeah, uh, I don't chew gum I, anymore. I haven't chewed gum in like years, I swear. I'm going to show you like the, the Ricky Bobby commercial in a second. You don't chew Big Red. Uh, <laughs> uh, like bubble yum, you know, because we're poppy, you know, like it's like, uh, but no, I can't say that because then it's like you chew it for like two seconds and then you're just like, this is trash. So um, that's Fruit Stripes gum. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the gum used to be. I'd say we're more like pop rocks, you know? Yeah. I was going to tell Chris, be like, you should ask him what the candy they would be is instead of gum. Next time. Next time. <laughs> the time is now. <laughs> the time is now. All right. Yeah. Let's do both then. Which is a story of the year song, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> Why? Every time. Um... So yeah, let's let's change that, I guess, to candy. So I Alex says think, pop rocks. I say pop rocks, yeah. Got a little sizzle to it, you know. I'd say and your poppy. Yeah. You say pop rocks? Pop rocks? I'd, I'd say, say yeah. Say pop rocks. <laughs> it's unanimous. Pop yeah. rocks. They're pop rocks. Not not one vote for like nerds rope or something. Yeah. That's so crazy <laughs> you said that because I was literally thinking that. I was like uh, nerds rope specifically, not just nerds, but nerds rope. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Nerds rope is another level of nerds, though. So, but now they've broken it down even smaller because you can get nerds gummy. So it's like a gummy covered in nerds. Those are also very good. Yeah. <laughs> now we just done a candy. You kick. can't. Yeah. Let, yeah no, gonna it, go it's going to be a food kick in general. I know. I love gotta... milk duds. Milk duds are one of my favorite. Oh man. That's a Wisconsin answer right there. Is it? Yeah, I feel like, yeah. It gets stuck to my teeth. I can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so people love a good joke. Do you have any great dad jokes? Philip? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, yeah. you don't you have to be yeah. a dad to have dad jokes. Definitely haven't perfected the dad jokes yet, so I don't know if I'm much help there. I, I'm, I mean, no, actually, no, no, I don't have any. How about just any regular jokes that you've heard lately <laughs> that you kind of never forget, like a laffy taffy joke, <laughs> which mm. they're never funny. Except I've come across I a few. I will say, Philip, being a dad for four, almost 14 years now, it does just kind of osmosis onto you, and the jokes will come naturally. It just... <laughs> oh, I tried on some Nike Air Monarchs the other day because uh, my wife was like, you should try these on. And I was like, are you sure? And I did, and she was like, immediately take those off. I never want to see you <laughs> in dad shoes again. Uh, like, Thank you for not giving up on me. Uh, <laughs> So that would have been a great joke, but it wasn't. So, 
I I don't really tell jokes. I always just quote movies or TV shows. I feel like, or other comedians. Yeah, only, I've got one, but it's multilingual, and it only makes sense if you know both languages. Oh my, you would. <laughs> I I honestly don't know any other languages. Yeah, it's really good if you know Spanish, but if you don't know Spanish, it's not funny at all. <laughs> Chris, do you know Spanish? Uh, I did six years of it and haven't used it since high school, so kind of. Okay. You want to try? Sure. I probably won't understand it, but let's go for it. <laughs> okay. It's all in Spanish. There's no English part, but it well, there is kind of an English part, but you'll see. I should put um, Google Translate out so I know what you're doing. Right? I, I <laughs> feel like I should do the same thing at the same time because <laughs> I haven't used this in 20 years. Okay. Um... <laughs> ¿Qué le dije el hombre al otro hombre cuando, um, oh, cuando no podría deletrear uh, calcetines en inglés? Something in, something in English. <laughs> I what? did and it's gone already. Like a lot of it is gone already. Okay. It, it's so I, funny like i can partially translate as you go but i cannot retain any of it yeah i okay i'll say this um it's there's a there's this there's a phrase in spanish that kind of means like it is what it is mm -hmm. um and it's 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 s-o-c-k-s um and it's spelled like e-s-o um s-i-q-u-e-e-s um like it's it's a bunch of different words s-o-c-k-s um, so the question is like, what did the man say to the other man when he couldn't spell socks in English? And he goes, my friend, it is what it is. But when you say it, it's S-O-C-K-S, like S-O-C-K-S. It's how you spell socks. I don't know. It works. <laughs> it works if you're multilingual. It doesn't work if you're not. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. I only See, remember a few Spanish things. I failed both times I tried to take Spanish class. So I don't. I just remember like El Burro Seven K Two, something like that. It's supposed to be like the the donkey knows more than you do. I was like, oh. burro. yeah, like burro or uh, burro, whatever is donkey. I don't know. Uh, I probably say it in co completely incorrectly because I did fail twice. So. <laughs> Well, that's all we have. I know we had a lot of questions. <laughs> it's all right. We look good. I, I feel like they were they were original. I feel like a lot of we get a lot of like the same. So it was it was fun. It's fun to answer some like sort of left field questions. Yeah, I as mean, as original as that joke. <laughs> <laughs> we do try to have original questions because I'm like, can't ask bands the same exact thing. They, they get asked by everyone else. I'm like, you got to have some curveballs in there that make them think. Absolutely. So I try. We try really hard. We try really hard. That's why we also like to throw in the fun ones near the end. The random Love. fun ones. Thanks again for coming on, guys. It's been a pleasure. We've had fun. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much. Can't wait yes. to hear more music and, you know, come to Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> we will. We're coming. And Chris probably wants you to come to Syracuse. Yeah, you know, the city nobody goes to anymore. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be on our list. We all said take it'll be on their list. Yeah. Do you have any tours coming up? Not right now. But definitely we're we're looking at some things, so 
Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Wisconsin's on it. No, <laughs> if it's not, it's okay. I'll still love you guys. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a great night. You too. Bye, guys. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, that does it for this episode of JamXP, listeners. We would like to thank Alex, Gavin, and Philip again for coming on the pod. We learned so much about the band and had tons of laughs along the way. We're glad you didn't die from that iceberg-sized boulder and can continue to produce such amazing music. Please, listeners, go check out and follow Drive Drive on all the socials and give them a listen wherever you stream your music. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, and share with your friends all things JamXP. We would also love to hear your thoughts about this episode, so please comment on one of our social media posts or in the comments section of this episode on Spotify. Until next time, thanks for listening and take care.